Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Well, good morning. You brave the cold. It's better now. I said hello to a few people coming in, and it was a lot warmer, so it's nicer now. Welcome back. So, again, I need to reiterate because it's just the pastor in me. We are not here next week. This is not a normal thing. We're here almost every single week, but next week they had a booking, so we have House Church Sunday, so we ask that you stream it online or even go to one of the lo- locations we sent you. They'll be expecting you and stream together. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be streaming uh, a service. So with that said, we are wrapping up the series Don't Judge or Do. So it was a really short series. I preached a couple weeks ago on the idea of what can... What does Jesus say in Matthew 7 about judging or not judging? And this is all in the Sermon on the Mount. So this is Jesus' longest sermon, and it's, it's in, we're taking it from the book of Matthew. But the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches a lot of things that are antithetical to the way the Jewish people believed up to that point. And, and there, in Matthew 7, first, early, and we quote it often, is don't judge me. Don't judge. Judge not, lest ye be judged, right? That's the, that's the verse everybody quotes. You can't judge me. Everybody like, how many of us have said that to somebody at one point? Don't judge me, right? When we're on the second box of Girl Scout cookies on the second day, don't judge me, right? When you only mowed half the lawn, don't judge me, right? I remember early days of mowing the lawn. There were like mohawks in my lawn everywhere. Don't judge me. Not now. Now my kids leave mohawks in the lawn often, so I've passed that on. We, we, we all have that, right? Because none of us want to be pegged, but what we, we saw, what we saw in that scripture is Jesus is talking about something. He is not saying judge nothing, ever. What he's saying is don't judge a person's eternal position or heart position. Don't judge that. You can't sit and say, oh, man, you know, there's nothing in you that will ever love God or ever could, and you're going to hell. Which is, right, is anybody here like, man, I really want to hear that message. <laughs> no, that'd be a bad message, right? If you're breathing, there's hope for your life, right? If there's breath in your lungs, God loves you, and he wants you to know him. But we often will judge people, and, or, and even if we don't judge their eternal, well, I'm not a judging them eternally. We judge their heart motivation. And that's a mistake, because a lot of times we don't know. The Bible itself says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Only God could really know all our motivations. How many of us have been like, you know, uh, we did something out of uh, a negative attitude, but it was a positive result, Right? We've all had that, right, at work, or our parents, right, when they say, do this chore. And how many of us do it, but we do it with a bad attitude, and then eventually we adjust our attitude later, right? How many of us, our boss gives us a job to do, and we're like, oh, this, this is not in my job description. I did not sign up for this, 
right? And then, and then somewhere along the way, you're like, you know, this isn't that bad. And by the end of it, you're like, that was kind of cool. Our heart motivation changed. Only God knows our hearts fully. So we're not, we're not meant to judge the other person's heart, the motivations and intentions. And we're doing that a lot right now. Right? I mean, there's not a day on social media you don't see somebody blasting somebody else and saying, you're coming from this place, even if it's not where they're coming from. I've done it too. I, mostly, I, I've learned, I'm a slow learner, <laughs> um, but I've learned not to impute motives even online. So I've posted something and somebody disagreed. Now, I do my best now to try and stay out of political arguments online and things like that. Doesn't mean occasionally I won't enjoy poking the bear. We all do it. <laughs> we all are occasionally like, eh, this is my point of view with no context at all. And we all do it, but, and in that moment, what's happened? Somebody jumps on your thing and then says, you're coming from this place, and we get lots of straw man arguments and ad hoc arguments, and, you know, and, and it's terrible. What we're usually doing in that moment is judging somebody's heart position, or they're judging ours. And it doesn't sit right with us. It's like this feels wrong because it is wrong. It's a sin. Jesus said don't do it. But in the same chapter, and this is what people don't get, in the same chapter, in the same sermon, Jesus goes on to say a few paragraphs later this, Matthew seven fifteen to 20. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them. Other versions say you can judge them by their fruits. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? I am really proud of myself that I said that without stuttering. Fig from thistle. Say that five times fast. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree, tree <laughs> and I couldn't get through it. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as, I, uh, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify or judge people by their actions. Again, we don't judge someone's heart motivation or eternal position. We do judge fruit. We can say that's a good tree or that's a bad tree. Right? How many remember that scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and she got on the egg counter and she dumped and they're like, oh, she was a bad egg right? That's, that's a lot of times, that's kind of what Jesus is beginning to teach us. You can judge, is this good or is this not good, right? Now you'd be like, that looks like a good tree, and then you'd eat it and be like, it's plastic, it's not that good, you can't eat it, okay? But, but if this were a real tree, okay, and we're going to pretend that it is today, would we say this is a good tree or a bad tree? Right, if it's, if it's real, okay, no, I'm not going to test you. Nobody's got to eat it. Okay. It's a good tree. How do we know? Talk to me. How do we know it's a good tree? It's bearing fruit. What else? Leaves are green. What else? It's growing. The fruit looks good. Right? All the way around, it looks like a good tree. So I have a tree in my front yard, it's dying. 
Uh, I've got to take it down. It's got these groves all over it. It looks, well, I don't want to say what it looks like, but it's got these groves all over it. <laughs> and it looks bad, and it's diseased, and it's going to die. I can tell just by looking at it. Now, I haven't taken it down yet because there's still some leaves that come off of it. Something comes off of it. And you got to realize, this is from a time, Jesus is speaking, you, this is not like now. They're an agricultural world. They depend. The weather has to go right. The trees have to grow good fruit. The livestock has to not get diseased and they have to take care of it. They depend on this for life. But not only that, if you have like a, 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 a garden or a nursery of trees or a vineyard, if you have a bad tree, what happens if you leave it? It can infect the others. You can ruin a line of trees. You can ruin a garden. You can ruin a nursery. So it has to eventually be cut down. It has to be taken out. It is our job as believers to judge and discern what is true and what's lies in our day and time and to uproot those things in our lives and help others to do the same. It is our job to judge and discern what's true and what isn't. Not people, but things and points. And it's just not clear like it was. I've shared this story before. I was with some missionary friends. We, I talk often with Joshua Cagle, one of our missionaries that we support, who's in Poland. His parents were lifelong missionaries in Mexico. And one day we were talking, and I, I, well, I was riding with them somewhere in Dallas, and, and, uh, and I began to just share my heart for the United States and, and how it broke and and they said, you know, the problem in America, Brian, versus the rest of the world, in Mexico and in other parts of the world, it's pretty plain. The gospel's pretty clear. You're following Jesus or you're not. But in America, it's very gray. We've made, they've made, we've made everything the middle ground and nothing's clear anymore. Everything's okay or everything's not okay. You know, but it's all, it's all mushed together. We discern no fruit we don't discern what's going on. We don't judge it rightly. And we judge things that shouldn't be judged, and we don't judge the things we should be. These days, these times, when we can't, gathered back as a church, we're not a church of 10,000 people. I, we didn't have to worry about answering a question of that. We judged and discerned it was best for the body to make their own health decisions and not, some, not us as a pastor or leadership. You make that decision. Wisely. If you're sick, stay home. But that was our discernment for our body in our moment. We felt like that was the right decision. We feel like we've been proven right. Now that being said, you can agree to disagree. And that's fine. Because it's not a full-on biblical issue. It's not clear in the word do exactly this in your local church in Lockport, Illinois, in COVID in the year 2020. Didn't say that. I, I've looked. I've read it several times. It's not there. And everybody else has to do that in your own life, right? Some of you, you've had to make decisions about vaccination. You've had to discern and judge that for your life. And some of you are pro and some of you weren't. That's your discernment and judgment to make for your life. You have to judge out the fruit. But Jesus is talking even more specifically 
He's not even just talking about times. He's talking about people. Because there were other people who claimed they were the Messiah. Matter of fact, that's an argument atheists use against Christianity. Well, other people claim to be the Messiah. You're right. Name one. I'll wait. Right? They never can. Because why? Because they didn't rise from the dead three days later, have over 500 witnesses to their resurrection, and then have it preserved for 2,000 years as a truth and a movement. So I'd say Jesus wins. <laughs> you can judge that fruit as good fruit. Jesus has stood the test of time. But there were others, and there still are. There still is moments where we have to judge something to know is this good or bad. I'll throw one more example out at you, and then we'll, get in, we'll really get into it. When the book a few years ago, The Secret, came out. Okay? It's a big one, The Secret. Anybody here read it? It's okay. Nobody's going to. Some of you read it. Some of you didn't. Some of you just watched the Oprah episodes on it, right? Back when there was an Oprah show. I've not read it. I've gotten the gist of it. And the basic idea of it was a self-empowerment, quasi-religion for the sake of worship of self by way of something higher, but I'm kind of the one that's higher. It's really a form of paganism. It's, it's, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pick on it. I'm not saying, and again, I can pull out a lot of value from a lot of things and still not subscribe to it. Muslims and the Middle Easterns discovered algebra. Big fan of that, like bridges, <laughs> like getting across them. I don't subscribe to Islam, right? So that's the ability to judge and discern what's good and what isn't. What can I take? What do I got to leave? So the first thing, how do we judge something? Well, Jesus said it. You can watch. If it's the fruit of a tree, and God, why didn't God come right now? He could have said, watch these po you know, their posts, because everything changes like this. He spoke in these terms at such a time as this, because this is the way to discern it. Can you know if a fruit tree is good the first day you plant it? No, the first week. No, you have to watch it. When you first move into a house and there's fruit on it, you may or may not know, right? But you have to sit and watch that fruit long enough to know, is this good or not? Is this a lie or is it the truth? Does this give life or does it bring death? The things that are obvious, there are some things that are obvious that are quick and easy to judge, okay? Heroin, I can judge that. It's bad. <laughs> Heroin's bad. Everybody agree with me on that? If not, see me after. Heroin's bad, okay? All right, we can judge that. What we can't judge is every opioid on the planet bad for every person everywhere. Harder to judge, right? Because some people, they cannot function without it. Some people, it's killing them by trying to function with it. Now, fortunately, we don't all have to be medical doctors and figure that out for ourselves. But that's, it's an application. We have to judge in our lives what's true and what isn't. And we are now living in a time 
that there are more lies and truths mixed together at every level from every form of leadership, government, education system, and everything across the board. It is extremely hard to judge the times. There's a group in, I believe it's First Chronicles 12, um, the sons of Issachar, that said about them in the Old Testament, they understood the times. They were a small tribe, and they understood the times. So they would help make strategy. They would advise Moses and others. They would help lead, and they knew the days that they were in more than most. They got it. I know some be- <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I know some people, man, they're just culturally obtuse. They just don't get what's happening. They don't understand things are happening right now. Things are happening in our day and our time that are dangerous. And the thing is, if I say any one of them, it is a guarantee that somebody somewhere across this room will get offended. Why? Because we're not all judging this, this things the same. And what I would ask you to do is don't judge it by my words. Judge it by the word. What does the word say about it? it everything else, it might be a fact, but it is not necessarily truth. Okay? It was truth a year ago that you could not get or spread COVID if you got vaxxed. That is no longer true, which means it never was true. Now, that being said, do you need to get vaxxed? That's between you and the Lord and your doctor and whatever you think is best. That's up to you. I'm just talking about a cultural moment here, okay? This is what was true. And I know that because if you posted it, if you said... You can get it and spread it just a year ago. You would get taken offline. Right? And that's happening to people now. I'm not in that fight. This, we hold that with an open hand. I'm just saying that's a cultural moment, right? Some of you are for tax me more. Some of you are like all taxes are theft, right? You need to judge and discern that. Jesus said pay to Caesar what Caesar's. So Jesus is okay with taxes to a point. But is he okay with all taxes all the time and everything? No. But again, these are moments we have to judge and discern something. What is the fruit of it? And you can't judge that by a post. You can't judge that by comments. You can't judge that by a headline of a post. We have to watch. We have to sit and let it do its homework. Let's see what bears out. Not everything, we have become a culture that everything that's new, we believe is good. If it's new, it's great. There's a funny clip I remember from Parks and Rec where he's like, I don't like old things. I like things that are new. Things that are old are dumb. Things that are new are great. That's how we think. It really is. I've never seen a culture I think I, uh, that I know of in my lifetime, maybe throughout history, that has more, been more dishonoring of the elderly. I've been guilty of it too. We all have. This is cool and that's not anymore. I remember one day, this ripped my heart out. I'm driving down the road and my son says to me, that's rock, Dad. That's old people music. I mean, I'm lucky to be standing here today. (laughs) Because it almost took me out like, what? And do you think the irony of that statement 50 years ago, this was the definition of young people and rebellion and cool, and now it's like, 
Oh, that's old people. What? What happened? And what, and what are they, you know, hip-hop, slow beats. Then I'm like, I feel like this is like, I feel like I'm listening to a heart monitor. Like, come on. <laughs> what happened? And, you know, it's not right and wrong, but we believe that everything that's old is not cool and everything that's new is. So much so we can't even honor age anymore. Right? How many 70-year-olds do you know trying to look like they're still 30? Here's an example, okay? Carrot Top, a not-so-great comedian, but looks he, he looked normal at one point in time, and now, not so much. <laughs> what is that? Plastic surgery, quite a bit of it. You can almost see somebody behind him pulling his face back and just holding it, <laughs> right? What happened? Because somewhere in there, he believes that his value has, has to be in looking a certain age. Now again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all plastic surgery is wrong and nobody ever should ever get it. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying judge the fruit. Is the fruit our day that you can't age? Is it wrong to age? We believe so. We never sit and watch. And if it's wrong by that standard, we won't judge anything anymore. We'll just accept it because it's newer. We won't discern. And Jesus is saying, watch it, discern it, judge it, give it some time. The things that are older are the things that are best. As a rule, right? If we let it age, not all things, right? Cheese can be great when it's aged. But on the counter, not as much. (laughs) Some things don't age well. We know that. But the truth is, would you rather have a steak that was freshly cut or one that was aged? One that was aged. And if you're like, freshly cut, you don't know anything about steak. Okay. Right? I I don't drink, but you would say the same thing of wine, right? Nobody wants day-old wine. (laughs) You want years, centuries-old wine. I I think. Am I right on this? Yeah, okay, I'm right on this. Like, that, that's the way to, because, right, when you, when you have good food, what's the best meal of the year? Thanksgiving. Thanks, come on, let's try that again. What's the best meal of the year? Thanksgiving. Yeah, is it done in 30 minutes? No, and if it is, don't go there. <laughs> right? You want something that cooks long and slow. How many of us men, you smoke things, you use a smoker? Yeah, or the grill, Right? How long is the thing sitting in the smoker, Alan? 14 to 18 hours? Is that right? Man, I don't own a smoker. I have a grill. That's a long time. And, but it's amazing. When it's done, it's amazing. In the meantime, you're hungry. But when it's done, it is amazing. You sit and you, because there's something about the process of watching and waiting on something. What's the outcome going to be? How many people have known somebody that they came across right away and they're like, this person's amazing. And then over some time, you started watching them. So godly judgment waits and godly judgment watches. 
Waiting means I'm not in a hurry to make a judgment. Watching means I'm going to see what happens to make a judgment. See the difference? How many of us in our time have seen a headline come out, a YouTube video come out, a a clip from an iPhone come out, we all made a judgment a day or a week or a month later, other video comes out and you're like, we were all completely wrong. I will not name names of anything. I'm just saying, and I can't even think of necessarily anything. But it happens over and over and over. Why? Because we didn't wait and we didn't watch. Or we only watched part. You have to have both. Some of us watched it, but we didn't wait to see if there was more. Some of us wait, but we never really pay attention. We also have to watch. We have to watch and see what's happening. Does it grow fruit, and what fruit does it grow? Does it grow fruit, and what fruit does it grow? You want to discern if something's good? Does it grow fruit, and then what fruit does it grow? Because can a bad tree bear fruit? Yeah, just not fruit that you want to eat. I have in my yard, oh, not my yard, my back door neighbor has in his yard, which grows over in my yard, a giant crab apple tree. And it drops crab apples all spring and summer long. Really, it's just cities of hornets hanging out in my backyard. This is like, we got a little Starbucks hanging out. It's just everywhere. And, and <laughs> it's funny, my dog will grab, like, bite into one and then find a hornet in it and spit it all back out. And, and my kids got to, and we have to work really hard to keep that bad fruit cleared out. Because it's not edible. It's, not, it's good maybe for a horse or it's good for some animals. It's not good for us as people. So he enjoys it in his yard and mine <laughs> as just like a visual vegetation. But it's bad fruit. How many of us have watched a ministry that we're like, oh, I love them. I love their preaching. I love them. And then over time we're like, they're not good. Oh, that's bad. Oh, I don't even. That's heresy. Oh, they're cheating on their wife with seven other people, and uh, they have a home in seven other countries, and there's a Satanist. What? (laughs) Right? And all we did, and all you you do, you got to watch. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy something for a moment, but at the same time, sit and wait and watch. I never wanted to be a church that blew up overnight and grew to thousands. Never. And here's why. Somebody gave us advice. People, churches that blow up overnight, blow up overnight. That's what happens. Let me tell you something about the fruit. I should have put this in my message. It's God's putting it in my message right now, and I'm going to tell it to you. I don't think I've ever shared this as the pastor. Leviticus 17 or 19? I think it's Leviticus 19. So years ago, early in marriage, Riker, come on up here. God gives me a scripture. And I'm reading my Bible. I think it's Leviticus. Look it up for me, would you, babe? You just play, would you? Thanks, Riker. It's 1917 or 1719. I'm pretty sure it's 19. Maybe it's 1914. So a few years ago, God lays something on my heart. 
And I'm reading the Bible in Leviticus, and it says, when you enter a new land and you plant a tree, in the first three years, I have it memorized, so if you're wondering what it is, I'm telling you what the verse is right now. In the first three years, consider it holy. In the first three years, you cannot eat of its fruit. In the fourth year, consider it holy. And then in the fifth year, you can eat of its fruit. So here's the cool thing. At that time when I'm reading it, God begins to speak to me. And this was 15, 20 years ago. And I was like, God, what does this mean? I don't understand what you mean by the scripture. And the Lord speaks to me. And I, and I said, God, does this mean ministry? Is this ministry when I finally, because I was longing to be in full-time ministry at that time. This is before Colin was born. Um, and the Lord speaks to me. And he says, Brian, you're the tree. Give it a few years. And I'm going to mold you. And sure enough, within that time, the next year, at the end of that three years, I went into full-time ministry. And it was considered holy. And in the fifth year, I got to go into more full-time ministry with more responsibilities. Can you pull up that picture? Do you have it? And it's Luke, Leviticus 19. Yeah, 23 to 25. I'm going somewhere with this. The summer before COVID, my wife and I, uh, we went on vacation the first time to Branson. And we took the family kids. But on our way down, we have friends in Kansas City. We stopped in Kansas City, stayed, stayed there a couple nights and just hung out with them, some good friends. Um, and and uh, if you don't know, I'm a coffee fiend. I love it. And that that night, um, can you? It's in my photos. Just scroll back to that day and find that photo for me, would you? Um, that night, the, that day it was Sunday morning. So Reichert, I think, was preaching that day. It was August of 2019. And that day, the Lord, I. I as a pastor, I love the local church, but also as a pastor, when I'm not on, sometimes I don't want to go to church. <laughs> because you're, you always feel on. You're assessing their message. You're assessing their greeters. You're like, it's just the business of church. It's just in your head, and it's hard to relax that first Sunday. So I was like, you know, I don't want to go to church. And they were like, you want to go to church? And I was like, I really don't. <laughs> you know, I just would love to lay low. Uh, and, then, and then I made a joke. Okay, so there's a there's a coffee place there called Kansas City Roastery. It's a chain. Um, you got it. You're the best, man. Thank you. Um, and that day, I jokingly said because they do free tours of their roastery, and they just happen to do one on Sunday mornings. And I said I can go to church at the roastery. <laughs> And I'm just joking. Oh, no. Yeah, that's specifically what I said, right? I said, God can speak to me at the roastery. Now, you got to understand, we are three years into the church plant at this point. And I am wrestling. Anybody who was with us back in 2019 knows Thrive had just kind of plateaued and was struggling. And we're like, God, what, what are you doing? What are we supposed to do? And that scripture had started coming back to us. In the first three years, don't touch it. In the fourth year, consider holy. In the fifth year, 
You can eat it through. My wife brought it back up first. And this was months before this, back in May, before that, before that day in August. And I, even then I was like, yeah, maybe. And then another speaker had said something like that. And I was like, that seems pretty clear. And that Sunday morning, I skipped church and we go to the roastery and we're seeing the signs of how they plant and harvest coffee beans. It's so good, so great. So coffee, coffee's amazing. If you don't drink it, let's pray together, okay? It's amazing, right? And God, God just uses, and, and, and how, they, how they get them, and, and they specifically do this thing called air roasting. They're one of the pioneers of air roasting beans. It's, it's a different way of roasting their beans. And the, man, the roastery's a great coffee place. It's so rich. It's, it's got a little grittiness to it that's just like perfect. It's phenomenal. And we're sitting, waiting, and laid out of the pictures of how, and it says how they harvest the beans, planting. A coffee tree is planted and grows for five years before reaching maturity. I have it on my phone. You can look at it, believe me. And God speaks to me that day. Stay faithful. In the last year or so, year and a half, we've seen God double. See, see we're not a church that... If you judged us at the front, if he judged us on week three or week 12, you said that's, that's not a good tree, but you had to wait. You got to watch what God's going to do. You got to see if there's fruit, if there's evidence. And then there's people who've walked in our doors. They're like, we're going to help you. Here, I love that. Whenever somebody's like, I'm coming here every week, and I'm going to be your best friend, and I'm going to be on the setup team and the teardown team, and I'm going to start 12 new ministries, and all that, and you're going to pay me anything. We never see them again. <laughs> they never come back. What? And, and, and man, if they do, and they, they're great. But, but I've learned just wait and watch. Wait and watch. Discern it. Wait and watch. One thing, so, so many of us are like, is this the end times? And is, is God coming back tomorrow? And is, are we going to become a, a, a communist nation? Or, or are we going to become a crazy white nationalist nation? Or, uh, stop it! Wait, watch, and rest in Jesus. He's in control. That's his tree. You're his tree. His plan is in place. Judge it rightly and not too soon and according to the word of God and not your own circumstance. And relax because you don't have to hold the future. You don't have to discern the future. It's a good thing. Marshall Shelley wrote in his book, Intention Dragons, every church has them. Sincere, well-meaning Christians who leave ulcers, strained relationships, and hard feelings in their wake. They don't intend to be difficult. They don't consciously plot destruction or breed discontent among the members. But they often do undermine the ministry of the church and make pastors question their call. saying don't trust people trust trust God more than people don't put your salvation and hope in people I used to 
to make jokes that if certain people leave, I'm leaving too. And they were just jokes. But that's not what I'm going to do. If Jesus leaves, I'm leaving. Some of you, you've been betrayed. Oh man, it's hard to get over. Some of you, you've been betrayed by a family member. That's hard to get past. But discern it rightly. They aren't the enemy. Their fruit is bad. Don't judge their heart. Judge what they did. That was wrong. But I forgive them. I forgive what they did. And I release them. I won't sit in the place of judgment. I'm not doing it. I'm a bad judge. But he's a good one. He's a perfect judge. Some of you have done this to yourself. You don't wait for yourself. Ah, I didn't fix this problem on Tuesday. What's the matter with me? Well, what's wrong with you? Well, I've been swearing for 20 years. (laughs) It might take more than a day. (laughs) Give it two. (laughs) You know, give it a year. Like, God isn't in as much of a hurry with you as you are. I'll say that again. That was pretty good. Nice job, Pastor Brian. I discerned that good. Yes, I agree. God isn't in as much of a hurry with you as you are. Something my wife said to me earlier this week when we had a fight. She's like, you know, you're just just really bad at showing grace to yourself. She's right, I am. Some people use that as an excuse to just be awful. (laughs) I'm not one of them. Uh, I really can just be brutally hard on myself. Like, man, and then, what, you know what happens when you judge yourself badly? You do it to other people too, which is so great. <laughs> just makes you an awesome pastor, right? <laughs> no, no, but you begin to say, no, I'm going to judge this rightly. I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to watch, and God, you judge me correctly till good fruit abounds. actually judge it. And how do you know when you can judge it? One, is there a lot of fruit? Some people would look at a church with a lot of people and say, that must be a good church. A lot of fruit can be good, but not if it's bad fruit. Matter of fact, a tree that has one side good and is one side bad, can you cut that tree down the middle and save it? No. That's not a good tree. So can a lot of fruit be a measurement? Yes, but it's not the only measurement. Is it good fruit? Is it colorful? Is it life-giving? I know small churches that are full of life. I know godly people that are full of life. People pass them over, but the Lord sees them in their ministry. He says, I got my hand on them. I'm using them. They're awesome. When nobody sees them, the Lord sees them and says, I affirm you and I affirm your ministry. I affirm what God has on your life. It's awesome. Is it sparse or bad fruit? Would you want to eat it? Would you want to partake in it? I know churches and people that over time, they have their struggles, but wait and watch 
Some people, just after one, they're like, oh, and maybe that, maybe that one is bad, but the tree isn't. Don't throw out the whole thing because of a bad moment either. That's bad judgment also. Good judgment says, is the whole thing bad? Is the majority of the thing bad? Then I can't hang with it. I can't hang out with it. There are certain ministries and pastors, and I don't like calling out other ministries and pastors because I, I just don't think that a lot of health comes from that. But there are other ministries that when I see the fruit of it over time, I'm like, I can't hang with this anymore. I'm out. And others that prove me wrong, that I made the wrong judgments on. And I'm like, you know what? I can take from this and I can glean from it. I'll give you a good example, not a negative one, okay? Some people, Bethel in California, some people have not liked them because they really embrace the things of the Spirit and the charismatic. And so some people don't like it because they haven't. And sometimes when that happens, you know what happens? People do things that aren't of the Spirit and call it the Spirit. That's called being a church and being human. But I've watched the fruit of the ministry of that church long enough to know that's a great church that's done a lot of great things and great ministry with great leaders that have stood the test of time. Their marriages have. Their kids have. And that's the easiest way. Is it a good ministry? Look at their marriage. Look at their kids. Bill Johnson be like, he's had a solid marriage. His kids love the Lord. They've seen healings. Bethel's a strong, godly, powerful church. Do I like everything that comes out? No, but I don't like everything that comes out of me. We all do it. We're all like, well, on the other end, I don't like this reform pastor. I don't like John MacArthur. He's angry and mean and hates spirit-filled people, spirit-baptized people. I don't like him. Nothing good comes out of there. Man, Riker, you and I both know that's not true. That man has some discernments on the word that is phenomenal. When it comes to Acts, I don't read this stuff too much. It's just different. And I, you just learn what fruit is good, what isn't. So I don't throw out either of those ministries. for your life, for your application, you need to learn. So where do I, where do I take this? Can I welcome it in? Or do I warn people away? In this day and this time, what do you discern? When you read the news, what do you discern? Like, nah, I can't, I can't hang with that. Nah, I think that, I think that's demonic. I, I think God's not in that. to become like the sons of Issachar, to be able to judge things rightly. And I'm telling you, it's not going to get easier. I'm grateful restrictions are lifting. I praise God. But if you think politicians are about to become more honest, historically ever become more honest and usually if they do it's because they walked away from it all because power is very easy to corrupt us and create bad fruit it just, it just, it just is it's hard I don't envy their jobs leadership is 
you're, you're actually right. That's correct. You're not. But Jesus is. You will never get it right, but Jesus did. You'll never set yourself free, but Jesus did. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh,